deep in the jungles of Nidex lies the giant crater known as the Otnum Depths, home to multiple small settlements and a city that wraps around the entire rim. Late at night on the fairgrounds outside of town, a caravan crew starts to unpack tents, enormous cages, and collapsible booths. Tomorrow, hundreds of people from the surrounding areas will file in to witness the Golden Circus, also known as Circus Forest. This is Background Checks, a character and world building podcast. We're doing a dino circus this week, and I'm in charge because I'm the quest giver today. Have I ever told you how grateful I am for this campaign prompt that we get to do Dinosaur Circus? I know. I, I, I'm I shocked we haven't talked about dinosaurs very much or at all on this podcast because it was a huge part of the world building when we talked about it. I, I will say I'm not like a huge circus person, but you throw dinosaurs in it. I'm all on board. Call me a circus fanboy, if you will. But I'm I totally almost I almost jumped into have, having them travel by train, but I figured I would leave the train to you because you love trains. I do love trains. We might do a train murder mystery at some point. Ooh, I like that idea. I love a murder mystery that can be resolved with one set of rolls. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yes, welcome to sort of the next um, section of the podcast. Sort of, if you listen to the last episode, you probably heard us figuring things out a little bit. We kind of solidified things a little bit more, locked down the the process, and now we're we're starting into our second. We're going to do these in sort of sets of three. So we're sort of moving to a new region, new kind of vibe. So we're now in, we were in Niterlinks for the first uh, three episodes, kind of talked about that area. We established the little town of Reach. Um, and now we are on, on the other side of the map. So we are now in the Republic of Shivalo, and the, we're on the island of Nidex and specifically this sort of, this sort of sub area called the Otnum Depths, which is just like a big crater type valley really deep like valley makes it feel sort of like rolling hills it is very it's just sort of a deep inverted mountain is the way we described it so i i think off air when we were trying to get a visual picture for it we described it as the great crater from pokemon scarlet and violet yes that's the thing that made me like okay i i feel like i can explain it now so um but there's also an anime that has that kind of oh really cool do you know what i'm talking about it's like called don't is it to is it called Star Wars Revenge of the Sith? Because there is like a city that's kind of it's like built. No. It's not like a, it's not like natural craters, but like I think, I think it's Utapau has like these big sort of cylindrical things and they're sort of built in like the hello there right. General Kenobi scene. That's that's in one of those settlements where everything is sort of built into mm. cave walls. I feel like this is a little bit like that, except there's also just like there are probably some flat areas and there's probably some places just like yeah on the sides of mountains, but the sides of the mountains are the inside of the mountain because the mountain is pointed down. If you can't yes. picture it after all of these attempts to describe it, then then you are lost. <laughs> um, I don't know if we said our names. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bobley. And I am Jake Bush. Jake Bush. <laughs> I was Jake? confused because there's a lot of Jakes out there. I'm Jake. Not the same Jake from last week. Different Jake. That would be wild. The rule is just one, one Jake a week. That would be the name of the podcast if that were true. Be like one Jake a week would be the name of it. That would actually be a funny concept for a podcast, just interviewing people with that all have the same name. Anyway, continue. Um, cool. Let's do the world building prompt. So the the episode this week is sort of centered around this circus that comes to town, sort of travels up and down the length of the whole Republic of Shavalo, 
um, from the top to the bottom of the horseshoe. Yeah. And um, what I thought would be interesting as a world building prompt is what what do people do for entertainment when the circus is not in town? You know, it's a it's a Friday mm-hmm. night or I guess we haven't named the days of the week. I don't know if we've established anything about how weeks work. Um, I think they are seven day weeks and we don't know if there's any kind of weekend, but imagine the equivalent of whatever Friday night is like um, yeah, entertainment. I, I like the way you phrased that, where it was just like, what do people do for fun when the circus isn't in town? As if like their whole uh, <laughs> social culture relies on, OK, we're getting ready for the circus. Nothing else matters until this fun event. Well, maybe it does. What if the answer is they don't? They literally don't ever have fun unless the circus is in town. Um, That's just depressing. And now I'm not having fun with this world. Well, is the circus in town a lot? I guess is a question. Maybe they're here every week, you know? Like maybe it takes a week to travel from top to bottom. And it's just like Saturdays are when this area has the the circus. Yeah, so that they still have fun once a week. But like Wednesday night, no, you're not allowed to have fun. Get a good night's sleep. Eat a healthy dinner. You have work in the morning. I don't think I'm ready to commit to no one has fun ever (laughs) in this world. Yeah, we do want this to be enough. a little bit of escapism. Um, man. Uh, um, how about this? I think one every week is a bit excessive, but I'm fine with either every other month. So, like, you get it six times a year. So it is, like, a big ordeal. Okay. It's like, oh, this is Circus Month. Um, All right, and they're allowed to play Scrabble on weeknights. <laughs> they do have runes they've collected, and you can assemble them together and play. But only if you're very good at usual. Yes. <laughs> yes, which we have determined is the common language here, usual. Yeah. Which thank you for yes. reminding me because I did need to know that for my character. Oh, good. good. Um, yeah. So, um, the the prompt that I gave you for the plot this week is that, um, as the circus comes into town, as they're setting up, um, there is a young woman who decides it is time to make a move and rescue her best friend from the circus, and her best friend is named Longo, and Longo is a Brachiosaurus. Uh, so my character Such is... Such a good name. My character is named uh, Halaliel, or she just goes by Halley, and she is okay. a... She was formerly a Protector Asmar, but apparently they can change. Did you know that? I, I didn't. had no idea. Yeah, apparently you can change sub-races, subspecies when you're an Asmar depending on the vibe, you know? And so her vibe changed when she, well, okay, let me start from, from the start. She was just raised in the jungle by, by Longo. She just grew up as sort of a, sort of a wild child in the jungle. And so she and Longo just sort of helped each other out and, you know, made it and figured it, figured it out. And so she was, she was a protector Asimar, but then when the circus came to town, they actually, she went in sort of looking for, you know, interaction with society and that kind of thing. And she became friends with some of the magicians in uh, in the circus. But then the dino handlers captured Longo and took him away. So that's that's when she stopped being a protector Asmar and became a scourge Asimar, who is defined by revenge. So um, she sort of sworn that as soon as she was sort of strong enough as a uh, arcane trickster rogue. She learned some magic from those magicians and then sort of trained on her own. 
um, as soon as she was sort of prepared and the circus came to town, she would she would strike and she would get Longo back. Love it. So yeah, that's that's Hallie. Um, high her high stats Dex uh, fourteen. Her low stat is Wisdom at ten, and she just she's not like. She's not, she doesn't have a lot of experience with people, but she like loves people. Like it's kind of like a novelty to her because she sort of didn't grow up with that. But she started venturing uh, sort of into the crater and sort of getting to know people and that kind of thing. And so the circus was sort of her first real exposure to that of like, oh, interesting. So kind of like uh, Lindsay Lohan's character in Mean Girls. <laughs> interesting you say Lindsay Lohan because the character, the actor, actress that I chose to represent her is not Lindsay Lohan. But oh, it is going to be wild. No, it is Sadie Sink uh, from Stranger Things, who is also a redhead child actor. Yeah. So I guess she's not a child. She's like 20. But um, yeah, for some reason, that's kind of what I was thinking was was Sadie Sink. So that's my my reference image there. Love it. One problem about this when we don't when we don't know each other's characters beforehand is we have some crossover accidentally oh no because mine is also going to be the wild child character yes i mean they could be friends this is great because mine now fits in really well (laughs) good Good. i can't wait um i'm just gonna jump in with my character um now off air we've discussed uh i'm a bit sick today not feeling the greatest but let me tell you about rude um rude rude you're gonna learn a lot about rude oh good it's gonna be much like in the way he speaks it's gonna be in one word sentences and so i'm gonna give you my backstory (laughs) in the manner that he would speak no but i i challenge you guys to try and piece together his backstory and we'll see at the end how clear it got together okay Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Child. I got that one. Forgotten. Okay. Pterodactyls. Oh. Tarzan. Okay. Good. Stegosaurs. Or. Or. Oh, I wasn't expecting an or. Uh, War. W-A-R. Oh, war. That makes more sense. I wasn't expecting okay. like branching sentence structure from this one one word at a time character. Return. Family. Rutabaker Baggins. Oh, this is starting to feel like a party game. Name tag. Name tag. I'm getting lost a little. Betrayal. Oh. Twist. Pterodactyl friend. Oh, he gave you two words there. Sometimes if he gets really excited, he'll. Well, that's fine. He already used pterodactyl, so he's just repeating it. Release. I am rude. And that's it. Whoa, okay. <laughs> um, huh. So, basically, I'm the other, uh, sort of a similar story, except with pterodactyls. Okay, you got the first part. And betrayal. A pterodactyl stole his name tag, and then <laughs> they became friends. Oh, it was sort of an enemies to lovers. Okay, I'll help you out a little bit. And well, actually, no. Uh, give it another try. You got you got plenty of words. 
Well, now I don't remember any of the words because then we said other words. Whose fault was that not to type it out? I know I should have been writing them down. Um, There was a point where you said a word that started with T and I was going to make a joke about how what if it started with a PT because pterodactyl, but then I forgot what the word was. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still a little hazy, too. Okay. Can you can you give us like a rapid fire repeat of the words? Oh, like with lightning round? I should have also typed out the words. Uh, I'll do rapid fire based on what I remember. Uh, okay. Okay, here we go. Child, forgotten, pterodactyls, stegosaurus, war, return, city, rutabaker baggins, name tag, betrayal, pterodactyl friend, freedom. I am rude. Okay. Okay. So there was a war between the stegosaurs and the pterodactyls? Yes. I was going to say the same thing. You got something there. And Rude switched sides because that's what name tag, name tag betrayal means. It's a changing of identity. <laughs> that's that part was symbolic. Ooh. Wait, was it switched at birth at, a, at the, like, the hospital? I don't know if it's a betrayal. I did forget Tarzan. Tarzan was a word in there, but that was kind of explained like wild child. Tarzan with a P. That's what I was going to say. Tarzan, Tarzan with a P. P. <laughs> that is the worst way to ever spell Tarzan. It's like, but if it's a pterodactyl themed Tarzan. Yeah, actually, I love that. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stop your suffering here. So basically, how close he, are we? Uh, pretty close. Um, he was much like Oswald Cobblepot in Batman Returns. He was a oh, yes. child that was born and not the best looking as a child. But either way, he was kind of questionably forgotten in the jungle by his parents um okay. and then he was raised by pterodactyls and he became one of the pterodactyls along with them except he couldn't fly however oh i he is a half i did assume that was baggins yes uh and he gets carried by the pterodactyls and then he pounces on uh their adversaries and takes them out pterodactyls did go to war with stegosauruses and the stegosauruses did beat down most of the pterodactyls um and Nailed so it. he felt lost and confused. So he searched out for the city to find his own people. He found his family and they were amused to have him, but didn't love kind of the whole vibe he had going for him. And just for a visual element, imagine Donnie Thornberry from the wild Thornberries, but grown up. Yes. That's okay. That's rude's kind of whole demeanor. Uh, okay. And so like, so he's an adult. He's an adult now is an adult now. Um, and he really struggled with his whole name, which is Rutabaker Baggins. Um, so they wrote a name tag that he still carries just to like help people with understanding his name, but he still goes by rude. That's just like to fit his whole vibe. He just says, I'm rude. That's my name. Um, does he understand the wordplay or does he just understand that like it gets a, gets a lot of chuckles and scoffs? Uh, he kind of gets it. Most people are scared because they think he's just being like giving them a warning. Like I'm rude. And yeah, right. Right. Kind of right. get scared so off by this to, feral man child. Um, he wants to keep them on their toes. Exactly. Um, but then he finds out that there are, I mean, all the pterodactyls didn't get destroyed in the Stegosaurus world. But he does find out that his parents, 
who left him behind were capturing and selling pterodactyls to uh, events such as the Dino Circus. Wait, his parents were? His parents were, yes. Is that the betrayal? That's the betrayal. Oh, man. Because then he fights them and they escape. But he does return to the wild and embraces his role as Rude, the the man among the pterodactyls. And so he is always trying to help out with freeing dinosaurs whenever he can. You know, not enough... There not enough stories these days involve a plot line where that can be summed up with the phrase fighting your parents. <laughs> <laughs> like he just doesn't like something that his parents is are doing, so he goes to battle with them. And yeah. it's great. Star Wars. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess nobody's ever just summed it up so succinctly. <laughs> yeah. Star Star Wars could be summed up with Water farmer fights farmer his dad. boy fights his dad. Yes, <laughs> love it. Uh, good stuff. Okay, so um, I think it would make sense. Well, what, what class is he? Oh, he is a beastmaster. Fifth grade. Cool. <laughs> He's got a second grade education, but he is a beastmaster ranger, and so his uh, companion is a pterodactyl. Nice. That holds onto his arms and flies him around, and then drops him on people. To which he will very cool yeah I, I feel like in in hallie's like attempt to meet people he would be someone that she would feel very comfortable approaching you know what i mean he would be sort of a bridge right because she's like totally like she doesn't know her parents she doesn't know anything about her family and so i feel like when she's looking for someone that she can relate to it'd be like oh there's this guy I, I like this idea that there's this whole like inner network of the abandoned lost childs and so like yeah, yeah. in the animal dinosaur community, there is this idea of like, oh yeah, like the wolves, they have their own lost child that they're raising. And maybe we yeah. can set up a play date for their lost child to play with ours. I feel like if this is gonna be like a thing, we have to establish some historical like why is this why is this a common thing in this jungle? Like was there like was it common for people to be like out exploring as families maybe that's what it was like families going to sort of settle down but then the jungle was too wild and so there were people that just kind of got lost and ended up living in the jungle and the animals are friendly here or friendly enough i also like just a very simple explanation that is just like for a wide variety of reasons that would take an entire ted talk to explain everyone here is just kind of bad parents Like, they're just really bad at parenting, and people in the other regions really judge them. They're like, oh, yeah, those people down in wherever, Niter Links or, or wherever we're at, they, uh, they just kind of don't keep an eye on their kids. I, what about so, Sometimes their kids even fight them. Well, I'm going to cut you off first, Brian, because this actually goes okay. along with my thought. Um, I'm going to piggyback off your idea, Jake, which is parents are worse, generally, culturally speaking. I was going to say, maybe the animals here are higher level intelligence. They're a little bit better at parenting adopted. Ah, I like this. Interesting. So the the, like deficit between like humanoid parenting is made up for in the animal parenting. And they just like look at the parents and they say, hey, look at me. Look at me. We're the parents now. Yes. There, I, I could see there being like some pterodactyls that are like, we're going to go rescue that kid. Yeah, they're like, this kid. they're like CPS. 
child pterodactyl services. <laughs> okay, very cool. I like this. I like the fact that my character sort of has your character as a father figure, but your, fa the, your character is also sort of a child. Yes, because now it's time for the actual father figure. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he is not a father. He doesn't have any kids of his own uh, because he was uh, rational and responsible enough to think that he, you know, maybe he's not qualified to be a father. Um, and, but having that level of wisdom and intelligence and self-awareness probably means he would be one of the best parents around, but he chose not to have children. Um, he instead uh, is very smart. His highest um, ability score is intelligence. Instead of and having he is smart. Wait, what? <laughs> exactly. If that isn't the biggest backhand <laughs> to parents the worldwide over. I didn't mean is. I didn't mean for those two sentences to chain together as a cause and effect sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. But so he does <laughs> he doesn't have any kids and he is smart. Um and he uh is very like a rational thinker. He is a mathematician. And so he was actually hired by the circus for a few different reasons. They want him around because he is just good at navigating kind of chaotic situations and knowing what to do in them. And um, he is also like, they bring him in to like assess risks and determine like insurance concerns, stuff like that. Um, and Did you just introduce actuaries to our fantasy world? How dare you? Well, I don't think he's an actuary, but he's very into remedial chaos theory. Ooh. And his name is Kean Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> and his signature move is knowing um, that just because you could do something doesn't mean you should. And so he, when he got hired on by this uh, circus, he kind of didn't like what he saw because, you know, he knew that all of the dinosaurs are actually a lot more responsible and better parents than all these humans trying to make a circus out of them. And he said, this isn't right. And by the way, you, uh, you can't control them. And uh, his catchphrase is, you know, life uh, finds a way. So the dinosaurs are eventually are going to put a stop to this. And when he hears of um, the plot to, uh, oh, sorry, what's the, what's the Brachiosaurus's name? Uh, Longo. Longo, that, uh, such a great name. Uh, when he hears about the plot to free Longo, he's like, all right, I'm in. Um, and he said, but he also understands and he explains this to the kids and to the man child that, um, you know, life is chaos, but there are underlying patterns that we should believe in and follow. And life, life uh, finds a way. Did you just turn this into the plot synopsis of Lost World Jurassic Park? I didn't. I didn't entirely mean to. I is mean, there a circus in that there's not a circus, but <laughs> there is an island where poachers are coming and capturing dinosaurs to take to the San Diego Zoo, which is the closest thing oh. to a dinosaur circus that has been introduced on film. I might say, yeah, basically, yeah. And so he, uh, he. I mean, obviously, there. You know, I took some inspiration from um, the Jurassic franchise, <laughs> just a little bit. But yeah. um, I also like that the way that this has kind of come out now does fit in well because he is kind of palling around with people that are younger than him, 
like in the first Jurassic Park, he's uh, kind of trying yeah. to help keep these kids safe because he's, he's kind of the smart one in the group. And he's also pretty wise because he knows that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, like trying to run a dinosaur circus. So it's basically if, if the two kids in Jurassic Park were not like suburban kids, they were like wild children, and the boy yeah. was a fully grown man. Exactly. So just picture that. <laughs> and then uh, you can picture uh, my character as uh, Je- Jeff Goldblum if it suits you. I think that's, that's kind of how I picture him. Oh, I could see I could see that maybe. Yeah, I could see that working for a character like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be like a good casting. Now granted, my character is a halfling, so he still is the same size as a child. Just a little bit thicker, I would say. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so he is a halfling. Mm-hmm. So just imagine that the little kid in Jurassic Park is actually forty four. Yes. Yeah. Um just looks and like instead a boy. of Dr. Grant taking care of them. Dr. Grant was the one who got the, the flare gun and ran off away from the, dra- the T-Rex to distract him. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, um, I also love yeah. that, like, the other big difference between this and Jurassic Park is that the dinosaurs are not, like, this new thing. They just are animals that live here. And yeah. so, like, this guy, he's really just, like, it's sort of just animal rights, right? It's just, like, don't abuse these animals yeah. in the circus, and they should probably leave the circus. Yeah, but I, I will also say, like, I mean, yes, he, he does believe that, but he's not as driven by, like, this altruistic moral thing about animal rights as he is about, like, the rationale and logic behind it of just, like, this is going to go horribly wrong because yeah. chaos is inevitable and you can't control these animals. Yeah. They have millions of years of evolution that you can't just put in a cage. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Anything else before we roll our, uh, roll our checks? Can you remind me what the class and yeah, I was about to say, I don't think I mentioned that he is an elf cleric. Nice. Because I'm pretty sure that Jeff Goldblum is an elf cleric. (laughs) I don't think you're wrong. Yep. IRL. Okay. Let's do it. Let's see how it goes. Let's, uh, let's roll them. Also, Brian, can you remind me the name of your character? Uh, My character is Hallie. Like Hallie Berry. And do you want to know something about Hallie? Yes. Hallie is a dreamer. I just rolled a nat 20. (laughs) Oh, man, that is such a good character to be a dreamer. I know. It's a fun one. So, Um, hey, what does this mean? This is the first time we've had a dreamer. So, for context, since we haven't talked about this a ton on the podcast, for the context for the audience. Um, but essentially there are certain people in this world who are given this gift and we've decided if you roll a 20 for your like role of how well you do on this mission, it means your character has this ability, has these dreams, premonitions, visions, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, it's going to help with the mission. And I I think we just said that's an auto success, right? If we, if anyone gets a 20 in the group, which is very vital to the success of our mission, because I rolled a three. (laughs) So despite your bad approach, we will we will still somehow pull it off. Um, I also feel yep. like your character is the one that would do badly at this he, for some I think reason. He's a little too emotionally <laughs> invested in this, for sure. I'm picturing him as like George of the Jungle. That's I think that's the image that's in my head now. Yeah, I mean, he's George of the Jungle, but half that size. Also, right. He's got also cleared up. He's probably got the anger level of Joe Pesci in Home Alone, or actually, really, just Joe Pesci in any movie. Yeah. Okay. Just the anger level of Joe Pesci. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what'd you get, Jake? I got a nine. Okay. Um, How about you guys so... describe what you do, and then I will sort of swing in and save the day. Well, that's okay. That's good. Go for it, Houston. I'm gonna go first because my whole thing is I don't care about plans. I barely speak sentences as it is. So yeah. as soon as I understand that you guys are helping out with freeing these dinosaurs, I just gun right in. And I'm just hoping that there's more vines or more pterodactyls that can help me with getting around. But unfortunately, there's not. So really, I just run into the circus at this point. And people, because of my feral nature, just assume I'm part of the act, like a geek or something. Mm. Um, yeah, the perfect disguise. The perfect disguise until I jump into the audience and start biting them. Um, <laughs> the, the bad news for me is I do get captured by the security guards. Um, the good news oh, no. for you is I do draw all the distraction away from you two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Jake, what do you do? Okay. So, uh, Key and Malcolm witnesses that, and then he goes over to uh, Hallie and is like, uh, well, there, you see, there's a chaos. You see, there he goes. He just ran in there, and uh, now he's uh, he's been captured by security, and uh, well, there it is. And uh, she, that was a really, really bad Jeff Goldblum. I apologize. Um, uh, it was a great Key and Malcolm. Malcolm yeah, there. I wasn't trying to do anything. So, um, <laughs> He tells her that basically the most rational thing they could do based on the statistics that he has run in his mind are for them to go and just have a rational human conversation with security. And while they're at it, they're going to try to get the attention of the circus director to explain that they can't keep this dinosaur, Longo, captive. And it is not going to go well, so they should just uh, let him free. Which... Yes, that's the most like adult, responsible, and rational thing to maybe attempt in this situation without causing more chaos. But at the same time, it's not that great of a plan. And so yeah. Hallie has to come back with something better. Okay, so. Oh, and he also decides to lay on a table and open up his shirt when he gets sweaty. <laughs> Perfect. That's definitely part of But only, only like, you know, during his personal time. I think that should be the cover okay. art of this mission log. That also does nothing for the quest. That he just, I'm just throwing in that he did that after. Yeah. It's just a thing that he does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what happens, I think, with Hallie is she, the, the night before they're about to go in, she does have a vision, but the vision she has is of all of the dinosaurs being free. Like, she didn't really care about the dinosaurs, like, all of the dinosaurs. She just cared about Longo, right? She was just going to go in and find Longo and, and get out. She wants her right? friend back. Exactly. But sort of, I think, getting this coaching from, um, from Kian and seeing the, the, the example, the exemplification of chaos in uh, rude. I think she's sort of inspired of like, Oh, this is what we need to do. Like I understand the vision now. And she goes in and she just, just like, she takes advantage of that, the, the chaos and you distracting the uh, director guy and just opens all of the cages. Like this isn't something that she might not have come up with otherwise. Ah. She's like, Oh, I was going to go in, you know, sort of sneak in, do some little magic things. But instead, she's like, okay, nope, the only way to do this is a full-on dino prison break. Everyone's just <laughs> playing Scrabble every night because there's no more dino circus. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Okay, I, I, love, I love that explanation because even though Houston's character and my character did not have good ideas that were going to be successful, she leveraged their behaviors 
exactly. to use them as diversion tactics while she ran around and opened all the cages. And that's what a dreamer can do. You were pretty much the Goldilocks of our situation. Wow, that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Re- uh, Kean Malcolm was like, I'll just talk to a guy. And you were like, let's just go straight in and, and go crazy. And I was like, no, here's the answer. And when I say me, I mean Hallie, because she's the dreamer, not me. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I guess our success was total chaos. And there's now a bunch of feral dinosaurs roaming the jungle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the natural order of things, and that's a good thing. Or at least the, exactly. they're all inhabiting this inverted mountain, and everyone is scared to try and recapture them after the events that just happened. Yes. Yes. Well, I was, I was picturing the fairgrounds being sort of like off to the side, like not quite in the crater. Um, just because if I were pulling sort of a wagon caravan, I wouldn't try and pull it down into there. So, uh, but, but I do think this is a challenge that the crater has to deal with now. It's like, oh, there's a lot more dinosaurs than there were before. So the fairgrounds are next to the crater, but the dinosaurs go and live in the crater now. Yeah, I think I think some start moving in. And so I, I think we've maybe we had a success, but we may have introduced a future problem. And and my character, so Kian would would be very, very pleased with this outcome because I don't think I mentioned this, but his alignment is um, chaotic neutral <laughs> because he believes that chaos is just the neutral state of things. And so. <laughs> Because, you know, that's what alignments mean, I think. Here, but yeah, he, uh, so he sees all the chaos of the uh, dinosaurs running wild again in the forest. And he's like, this is correct. Yes. To put a bow on this, because you were saying, like, this was a success, but maybe future problems. I feel like for all three of our characters, especially following Jake's statement, um, this is what a success looks to us is yes, it'll cause problems for other yeah. people down the road, yeah. but for the intentions of our characters, this was a total success of what they want to see. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think all of our characters, all of our plots previously, the goal was like maintaining order, right? It was always like, let's not have the town destroyed by a giant bubble. Let's cure this sickness. Let's go rescue the people. But this one is just like, nah, it was like, it was a very personal quest, right? It was like, I want to free my friend. Yeah. And now we're seeing kind of there's some some consequences of that that we can maybe deal with on a future episode. Can I put another bow on it as just like a little bit of world building, culture building? I'm loving these bows. All right, here's my bow. So now that the circus is um, out of commission and people can't go have fun at the circus, kind of like Houston said, they just have to play Scrabble every night. Even that has become a problem because as they sit around their tables among friends and family every night trying to play Scrabble, at random intervals, giant stegosaurus and brachiosaurus foot stompings shake the earth around them and knock all the letters off their boards. Oh, no. And now they're not having any fun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Jake's true intentions all along. This is going to create the invention of the TTRPG revolution. Uh, people are going to get really into their version <laughs> of Dungeons and Dragons because they don't have to use minis. They can use... Uh, um, Theater of the mind. Exactly. Yeah, and paper doesn't like doesn't, you know, get shaken all over the table when a brachiosaurus steps on your porch. Or maybe they'll just maybe they'll just play Scrabble, but instead of using the grid, why don't we just play Theater of Their Mind Scrabble? (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun character I just made is is guy who plays Theater of the Mind for every game. Yeah. Boards, cards. Oh please. It's all up. Oh yeah, we're playing poker, but we're just doing sort of a theater of the mind thing. (laughs) <laughs> I had two aces. I also had two aces. I also had two aces. That guy's cheating. I had two aces. Oh man, I had four aces. 
theater of the mind. In my mind, the decks don't make sense. Oh, man. Uh, we've had some, some fun here. Um, anything else we want to say before we wrap this thing up? Um, life uh, finds a way. And we've, awesome. proven that. we've proven that today. We have proven that. Uh, that was up and by...